Good morning. Uh, we're going to start off this morning by looking at some scripture and we're going to turn to the book of 2 Chronicles, chapter 2, verses 1 to 6. And it says this in verse 1. Then Solomon determined to build a temple for the name of the Lord and the royal household for himself. I'm going to jump to verse 4 here. Behold, I am building a temple for the name of the Lord my God to dedicate it to him to burn before him sweet incense for the continual showbread, for the burnt offerings morning and evening on the sabbats, on the new moons and on the set feasts of the Lord our God. This is an ordinance forever to Israel. Verse 5 says, And the temple which I build will be great, for our God is greater than all gods. And then verse 6 says this, But... Who is able to build him a temple, since heaven and the heaven of heavens cannot contain him? Who am I then that I should build him a temple except to burn sacrifices before him? This morning, I would like to share a few thoughts with you on these particular scriptures. And I have called this message today, Building the House. And it's about building this house. And in doing so, I want to ask the partners, ask the members, ask the friends, ask those who attend our church and ask those who watch and take part online, ask if we can build this house, Poynton Christian Fellowship, for 2021 and beyond, onward. Why? Because guess what? We are all builders. We might not realize it, but today we are all builders. It's part of our heritage. It is part of our DNA. Now, I know that we don't have a civil engineering degree or a history of construction in our back pockets. But from the time that we are born, we start building. As babies, we spend all our energies and efforts building bodies and vocabularies. As young adults, we build our knowledge and our skills. As, as we get older, we build our relationships with others. Eventually, we build a special relationship with a special person. And then we go on and build a, a marriage or, or a partnership. And then, if everything's okay, we will build a family. And maybe along the way, We'll build our, our wealth on uh, our bank balances and, and many other things. So you see, we are all builders. We all build. And building is important. And it tells us a lot about, well, us. You see, what we build often describes who we are and what we're like. The pharaohs, they built pyramids as a testament to themselves. Great Britain built an empire a hundred years ago that covered half the globe. 
China and Japan built dynasties over thousands of years that are still talked about today. Like in China, we've got the, the Han, the Tang and the Ming dynasties. And in, in Japan, we talk about the Nova, the Edo and the Toshiho uh, dynasties. Other countries build monuments to testify to their power and might. So today I'm asking us, can we build this house for 2021? Can we build this house as a testament to the power and purpose of Jesus in our lives? Going back to our story, uh, for 33 years, Solomon, fa Solomon's father, David, uh, had guided God's people to greatness and they had become a great nation. And as David had grown older, God had revealed to him that he had chosen Solomon as his son to succeed him. And the nation became greater and greater. And Solomon's reign was a time of unparalleled wealth, blessing, success and greatness for Israel. The years of Solomon's years of Solomon's reign were years of growing, growing glory for the people of God. And because of that, Israel's wealth and power and prestige were unmatched unmatched by any other people or nation in all of this world. Now the house that Solomon was determined to build for God was going to be located on a special site. A site where Abraham had been commanded by God to sacrifice, yes, to sacrifice his only son Isaac some 1100 years earlier a place of unparalleled faith. And Solomon, he did a great job. And scripture tells us that it was a, a great house that he built. The gold used in its construction was worth over two and a half billion pounds of today's money. And that doesn't include the silver. And there was 10 times more of that in the temple. Yes, Solomon built a, or an autumn place. Something we also need to understand here as well is that Solomon was the wisest uh, man that ever lived. Uh, I think we all know the story from 1 Kings chapter 3, verses 9 to 14. Solomon asks of the Lord to be given an understanding heart so that he can judge and rule God's people fairly. And you know what? This really pleased God. So God says to him, because you have not asked for a long life, because you have not asked for riches for yourself, because you have not asked for your, for your enemies to be slain, I will give you a wise and understanding heart. And I shall also give you what you have not asked for, riches and honour. And God finishes by saying this in verse 14. So if you walk in my ways and keep my statutes and my commandments as your father David walked, 
then I will lengthen your days. So as we look at Solomon's wisdom, can I say to you something this morning? Can I say that his wisdom was not given to him for speculation? His wisdom was not given to him so that he could entertain himself and show off to his friends. His wisdom was given to him from God for power, for, for action and friends, for purpose. Now we, as the end time 2021 church, have been really blessed. We have been blessed with information. We have been blessed with amazing technology and wisdom. We have been blessed with skills, insight and understanding. But with all this, like Solomon, comes responsibility. And can I say, God will ask of us one day, sometime in the future, what did we do with, with what he has given us? What did we do with the opportunities that presented themselves to us? What did we do with the building and the land that he gave us? What did we do with the talents that he endowed us with? What did we do with the people he gave us to work with? What did we do with all the souls that needed saving? John 4 verse 35 says this, Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look to the fields, for they are already white for harvest. Friends, I want to say this morning, in this year, a year that has been ravaged by COVID, there's a church to be built here. There's a harvest ready to be harvested. There's, there are souls waiting, friends, waiting to be saved. Maybe a family member, maybe our friends, our neighbours, or maybe even one of our workmates. Friends, now is the time for understanding our purpose. I love this story of this truck driver who was delivering a load of 500 penguins to the zoo. Unfortunately, his truck broke down. Eventually, he weighed down another truck and offered the driver 500 pounds to take the penguins to the zoo in the next town. The next day, the truck driver got his truck fixed and then he drove into the town. And he couldn't believe his eyes. Just ahead of him, he saw the second truck driver crossing the road with, with 500 penguins waddling behind him, all in a line. He jumped out of his truck. He ran up to the guy and said, what's going on? I gave you 500 pounds to take these penguins to the zoo. To which the man responded, I did take them to the zoo, but I have enough money left over. So now I'm going to take them to the movies. <laughs> Funny story. But this guy didn't understand, fully understand what he was supposed to be doing. 
Likewise, many believers today are fuzzy about their sense of purpose. That's why it's so important for us today to understand our purpose. Because of Solomon's wisdom, he was determined to build a house unto the Lord. And he stands to reason today that the creator of this world, the saviour of this world, deserves a place, a place for himself. A place where his name can be glorified and lifted up. A place where his people can, can assemble together for his purpose. A place where he can speak and give instruction. A place for his glory. A place that can be transported into people's homes. I think one of the greatest needs in the church today is that sense of purpose and destiny. You know, when you think about it, everything that we see with these natural eyes of ours is going to pass away. But what happens inside these walls that we call this church is going to live on forever in eternity. Because, friends, it is life-changing. That's why we must understand the purpose of the church. That's why, because everything we do that is worthwhile has a purpose. And God gave us this church with a purpose in mind. So why is it then that so many times the church seems to be out of touch. I'm talking about the church generally here. Do you know what I think? I think that when the world takes a look at the church generally, they see us as second rate, out of date, with no purpose, no direction, no influence. And do you know the sad thing is that I think the way the church has functioned over the last, say, 50 years, they might be right. However, God created the church with a purpose in mind. And that is what we need to do. To is rediscover the truth, friends. The truth of what God has already established and then begin to work in that direction. What we need to decide is what is our driving force. What is it that gets our attention? What is it that gets us excited? What is it that gets our imagination going and our juices flowing? I know for some of us, it's watching football. City, champions. For others, it's shopping. For others, it could be cars or, or money or family or even watching John Wayne movies. None of that is bad, but is it really the reason why God put us on this planet? Is that really our purpose? Friends, I don't think so. When the world out there looks at church, I'm sure that all it sees at times is coffee mornings, jumble sales, 
weddings and funerals. So let me ask you this morning, friends. Is that what Jesus had in mind when he told Peter in Matthew chapter 16, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. It sounds to me like Jesus was starting something extra special that would take, that would make an eternal difference. The church of Jesus is the body of Christ, bone of his bone and flesh of his flesh. And for 33 years, the Lord reached out and touched people. And people reached out and touched him. And when this type of relationship happens between the world and the church, between the people out there and, and the church here, people are going to be made whole. Friends, this is our purpose. Reaching out and touching lives. In the course of our day-to-day -day lives, lives that have jobs, families, duties, budgets. God is continually asking us, do you want me in your life? Are you building my house up so that I may take joy and be glorified in it? Today, friends, church is God's house, yes. Church is this building, yes. Church is this site, yes. Church is our online programs, yes, but it is also more than that. Church is us. Church is a set of relationships, us with each other and all of us with God. Church is decisions and actions that bring our lives into conformity with God's will in us. Church is missions looking out for the needs of others. It is who we are and what we do as we live out our lives on this earth, taking each step with eyes fixed and focused on heaven. Our church is not made up of timber and granite, bricks and mortar, it is made up of people. But we have to be careful, friends, because our church, like the temple at the time of Haggai, can still fall into disrepair. And this is what we have to be so careful about this coming year. Because everything has changed since COVID hit our lives. So, friends, we must never forget, never forget the purpose of the church. But God in and on our lives gives us that purpose. Friends, the purpose of the church is to touch people's lives. The mission of the church is to touch people's lives redemptively. And to carry herself in a way that causes people to want to touch Jesus through the church, us. If you look in the scriptures, you will read about multitudes of people always around the Lord, wherever he went, there was a crowd following him. They were not afraid of him. 
They trusted him. They, they, they trusted their children with him. And you know what? People need to feel the same way about church. People need to know that the church cares. People need to feel warmth and sincerity and compassion from the church. This is our purpose. Did you know the church has a greater chance of touching and being touched at the petrol station, at the workplace, in the supermarket or in a restaurant than it has on padded pews. Stained glass religion is not really a spiritual force in this world like it was. The world that we live in today, post-COVID, I said this to somebody the other week, and I really believe it. To some of us, in some people's lives, we will be the only Bible they will read. We will be the only sermon that they will ever hear. Friends, the wisdom of this world is not going to save anybody. But a man or a woman of God that is sensitive to the purposes of God can change the world. There are times in our everyday lives when hurting men and women need an understanding ear, a compassionate heart, a forgiving spirit and a person who really cares. But I'll tell you this, it will take sacrifice on our part. It will take our time to listen and have the compassion to offer that helping hand. But you just never know. Just maybe we will have the opportunity to introduce him or her to the one and true living God, Jesus Christ. You know, Jesus had lepers harlots, cheating tax collectors, fishermen, farmers, even the poor and the destitute who are following him everywhere. But the Bible says that they came, they saw, they heard, and they touched. And as many as touched his garments were made whole. He met people on their own level, the common people felt comfortable around the Lord. The Bible says that they gladly received him. Do we gladly receive people? Even though he was the incarnation of holiness, harlots, publicans and sinners all felt safe with him. Somehow Jesus' message conveyed to the worst of sinners, you're welcome here. You're accepted here, and there's forgiveness for you here. We all know, friends, that this world has more than enough hatred and rejection and unforgiveness to offer. This morning, I want to say to you, tell the surrounding areas you know that this church, Point and Christian Fellowship, offers love, offers acceptance, offers compassion, offers forgiveness. Psalm 78 verse 38 says, 
But he, being full of compassion, forgave their iniquity and did not destroy them. Yes, many a time he turned his anger away and did not stir up his wrath. That's why it is so important that we build a house that it will be great. Not in proportion to the greatness of God, to whom it is dedicated, but in some proportion to the great value that we have for souls and the purpose to which he came into this world to save lives. Solomon said, who is able to build him a house, seeing the heaven and the heaven of heavens cannot contain him? The house that we are all stepping out to build for the Lord this year, 2021, is a place intended for all those who seek to worship and live for him. A place where we can come and worship and praise our awesome God. A place that where we can come collectively and give thanks and praise to, to our great for our great salvation is a place where we can get involved, even sitting at home any time of the day or week. This world cannot contain the greatness and the awesomeness of God, but in the hearts of men and women and young people around this world that love him, this is the ideal size for this awesome God to dwell in. Can we build this house? I say, yes, we can. As long as we stay connected to the purpose of touching people's lives. As long as we continue to lift him up. John 12 verse 32 says, And I, if I be lifted up in the, from the earth, will draw all men unto me. Can we build this house? Yes, we can. I want to finish by telling you a story about a guy called Arturo Toscanini. He was a famous Italian symphony conductor born in 1867. His speciality was the works of Beethoven. One night in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, in 1911, Tuscanini conducted the Philadelphian Symphony Orchestra. He conducted them in a program that included the Ninth Symphony, one of the most difficult pieces ever to direct. It was so majestic and so moving that when the piece was completed, the audience just stood for round after round of applause. Toscanini took his bows again and again. He turned to the orchestra. They bowed and the orchestra continued to clap and to cheer. The orchestra members themselves were smiling and clapping. Finally, Toscanini turned his back to the audience and he spoke only to the orchestra. And he said these words, ladies, gentlemen, I am nothing. You are nothing. 
Beethoven is everything. Today, friends, as we prepare for our next step in God in this post-COVID world, as we seek to take our purposes to a new horizon, to a new level, to a new beginning, we must also always remember, I'm nothing, you are nothing, we are nothing. Jesus is everything. God bless you all this day. Thank you.